You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great to have you here on If You Don't Like That. My guest is coming up momentarily. Before we begin, I just want to thank so many of you that have taken time to subscribe to my podcast, both here and on YouTube. And also, I really appreciate all of the reviews via Apple Podcast. It means a lot, and I just want to say thank you very much. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing, locally owned in Sacramento for over 20 years. Leak detection, water line repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works Plumbing, is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. And their expert technicians are available 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. My guest on today's podcast, I've always admired, uh, just a phenomenal college football insider. He is now with Action Network. He is their college football insider. Used to talk to him quite often when I filled in for Jim Rome on the Jim Rome Show. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Brett McMurphy. Brett, it's Grant Napier. Good to catch up. Good to talk to you again, Grant. Uh Thanks for having me on, buddy. It's a pleasure. Boy, you know, <laughs> so many things have changed recently with college football. Obviously, the big move with uh, Texas and Oklahoma going into the SEC. Look into your crystal ball for me. What, what do you see as the landscape of college football in, let's say, five years from now? Nothing like it looks like today. Um, I think we'll have multiple super conferences, whether they're going to be 16 teams, whether they're going to be 24, whether they're going to be 32. Um, that's to be determined. But, um, you know, I think we're going to see a split or a, even a wider gap between the power leagues and the non-power leagues. Does that mean the non-power leagues will fall down to the FCS level? Will they no longer be able to compete with the Power Five? Will the, will the, will the power leagues even play the non-power league teams anymore? Uh, an expanded playoff, you know, it looks like 12. Could that change with, with all this movement? You know, I don't know, Grant. I mean, I understand why they're making all these moves. Look, I'll be up front. I'm an Oklahoma State grad. I hate what's going on with Texas and OU to the SEC personally. But also, you know, as a sports reporter, I totally understand why they're doing it. And it makes sense. If you're the SEC and you know everyone's going to go to these super conferences, do you want to be the first conference to 16 and you get the top two picks? Or do you want to be the last to 16 and then your options aren't so great? So. 
I understand why they're doing this. I think overall, ultimately for college football, what we love about college football, the weirdness, everybody does crazy stuff. One team run, runs the wishbone, another team passes every down, never runs the ball. I just hope it doesn't just turn into another version of the NFL where everybody's doing the same thing within the power leagues. But we'll find out. Certainly in the next uh, next few years, maybe in the coming months. We'll have to see. Brett, you talked about being an Oklahoma State grad. Is this the beginning of the end for the Big 12 Conference? Well, I think it depends on – well, one, the Big 12 doesn't control that. So that's the bad news. The good news is if the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big 10 decide not to expand because their most likely candidates would come from the Big 12, then the Big 12's got a chance. Um, they've got eight remaining members. Um, but even that's not a certainty. You know, there's been reports about the alliance between – possible alliance between the ACC – Big Ten and Pac-12, I think that's more scheduling oriented. Um, but I mean, don't don't count out you know possible merger of those of those conferences. I mean, nothing is off the table right now. Um, but certainly, the bad news for the Big Twelve is they don't they don't control control their own destiny, if you will. Gut feeling. What do you think would happen with Notre Dame? Where would they go? They're fine where they're at. They've got the best of both worlds. They stay in independent. Um, as long as they have access to the playoff, and I don't see the playoff ever requiring every team to be a conference champion, then they'll play. They'll be an independent, and they'll play um, teams from the other power leagues. Now, if we got to some kind of situation where every conference was only playing teams within their conference, then that would obviously force Notre Dame's hand. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Could we? Yes. Um, but I would be very surprised if we see, for instance, the SEC playing 12 games against SEC-only teams, the ACC playing 12 games against only ACC teams. I think there's still going to be that opportunity to, to play one or two games against a team from another league. Um, and so that's where Notre Dame will come into play. And everyone that says, well, Notre Dame got screwed in this new 12-team playoff format because they can't get a first-round bye, it's just the opposite. They have the best of both worlds. Now – because they're not in a conference, they don't have to play a 13th game. They don't have to play a conference championship. And if they're in the top 12, they're probably going to get a host of first-round playoff game. So they're going to bring millions of dollars to the South Bend community. And then if they win that game, then they're looking at they're in the final eight with everybody else and can compete. And you know what, Grant, if they're not in the top 12, what's the consolation prize? They get to go to an ACC bowl game, and whatever the top ACC bowl is, it's going to pick Notre Dame. So unless there's restrictions as far as conference-only scheduling, um, kind of like we saw with the pandemic last year, then I don't, I don't see Notre Dame ever join a conference. Brett, you made a very interesting point on social media uh, about Alabama trying to become the first back-to-back champion since they did that in 2011-12. I, didn't, I mean, when you look at that and being ranked number one right now, the numbers don't favor them right now. I know for folks that really dissect the hell out of these numbers, which you do at the Action Network and everyone there, the numbers don't exactly favor Alabama, do they? You know, they don't. And, you know, it doesn't mean it can't happen, but the past 17 years, only twice has the preseason number one team won the national title. Like you mentioned, Alabama was actually the last one to do so in 2017, and then USC back in 2004. So, you know, look, everyone wants to, you know, you want to poke holes in Alabama. Well, 
Saban lost six picks to the, in the first round of the NFL draft. They lost 12 players in the NFL. Half of, they've got, half of their staff has been replaced. They've got a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. Look, Grant, I've been doing this a long time. I've given up trying to pick against Alabama because <laughs> it's a losing proposition. Right. As long as, as, long as uh, Nick Saban's there, they got a, they got a good shot. Um, but, yeah, but you look at the numbers and this, the odds would appear that it's unlikely that they will win it again this year. And also they're only trying to become the sixth back-to-back uh, AP champion in the last 50 years. Mm. So that kind of puts it in even better perspective on how teams have just tried to repeat as defending champs. So they're trying to do it as defending champs and as the preseason number one kind of a a double bullseye on it. If we feel that Alabama is the best team in the SEC starting the season, who's right on their heels? Who do you like as number two in that conference? I really like Georgia. Um, If I'll put an asterisk by that. If Kirby Smart will allow JT Daniels to do more than handoff, um, I I really like Georgia. I like what they have. The one thing that separates Alabama and Georgia to me is the mental aspect. Georgia cannot get over the hump in beating Alabama. And part of that, I think, is mental. And until you can do that, you know, you don't fully believe you can do that. Talent-wise, I think they got a great shot. I think JT Daniels and offense coordinator Todd Munkin, that will do wonders for the Bulldogs. Again, if Kirby doesn't pull, hold the reins in on him and make them too conservative, I think they got a good shot. And then Texas A&M, this is Jimbo Fisher's most talented team he's had. Um, you know, they do have to replace some guys up front on the offensive line, but he's done a great job recruiting. The bad news for A&M is you're in the SEC West, so you're going head-to-head with Alabama, with LSU, et cetera, where Georgia's got a little easier path coming out of the East. You know, and they've got uh, – you talk about A&M. They've got Alabama at, at their stadium. But I'm curious, you know, all your years of covering college football, talk to me about home field advantage and how much you think it means. I think it means a great deal. You look, you just look at all the – you know, the, through history, all the huge upsets. But then on in the flip side, that's kind of what's made Alabama's run that – much more remarkable is that they've been able to succeed not only at home, but on the road. But I think there's really been a big, um, there's obviously a big advantage for home field advantage. And Grant, you, you brought up a great point. And I, you know, obviously I will, I rely on my uh, analytic experts at the action network. I would just say first glance that this year, I would think home field advantage would be worth, a point or two points more at every venue because the fans are going to be so jacked to get back out to games after not seeing any games last year. And I think it's going to just take on an even crazier, um, you know, atmosphere that we've seen in the past. So maybe we see a few more upsets um, by, you know, underdogs at home than we have in the past, because I think there is that hunger for these fan bases, whether you're in the SEC or whether you're in the Sun Belt, um, to see your teams play again. And, and yeah, that's a great point, Grant. I, I think we'll see, potentially see more upsets, uh, home underdogs that, that pull out right wins at the end of the year. Certainly something to look, look, back, look back on a couple months into the season. Let's talk uh, about a Pac-12 preview. Run down that conference for me. You know, I think the, I think the Pac-12 
the problem with the Pac-12 is they haven't had a team to get through the playoff and make a run in the playoff. But I think year in, year out, they are one of the deepest conferences around. If you had some kind of, you know, Pac-12 SEC or Pac-12 Big Ten or, you know, those challenges they have in basketball, I think the Pac-12 would hold its own and maybe win more than they lose. Uh, they've got five teams in the AP preseason poll. Um, that's the I had five on my ballot. Um, I really like Oregon. I think Utah is vastly, vastly underrated. I think they could, they could maybe emerge as, as Pac-12 champs. Everybody wants to put the, the hot seat uh, moniker on Clay Helton every year, and all he does is keep winning. So he could potentially win. Uh, Washington with Jimmy Lake, um, you know, I think they could surprise a lot of people. And then you've got Arizona State. You know, Herm Edwards has done a remarkable job there. The question is, does the NCAA violation stuff, is that impact them at all? Again, there are five teams right there that could win their conference. You can't say that in any other power league. In the ACC, you've got two. In the Big 12, you've got two. In the Big 10, you've got two or two and a half. SEC, you've got three. In the Pac-12, you've got five legitimate teams that can win that league. That's the good news. The bad news is they usually beat up on each other. So when we get to December, they're on the outside looking in in a 14 playoff. So certainly they're one of the biggest proponents to increase increase the playoff to 12 teams as soon as possible so they don't get left out. You know, it's so amazing where the landscape of college football is going, all sports really in general. But we talk about, you know, name image likeness. We talk about gambling. We talk about, I, I, I saw a tweet that you put out uh, maybe a few days ago about, you know, at the Washington Husky Games, they'll now sell beer and wine. How, how standard is that now in college stadiums for college football games, the sale, the, the uh, you know, alcohol being available for purchase? It, it certainly has increased, um, you know, probably tenfold in the past two or three years. Um, you know, it used to be that was a big um, no-no. You can't do that. These are college games. But then a couple of colleges started doing it. They they actually have studies um, that, you know, again, it's not necessarily what I think, but these studies claim that when people know that you can buy beer in the stadiums, they're not drinking you know, four hours straight before they walk into the stadium because they know they can't have any more alcohol. So actually there's there's less alcohol-related incidents when you sell alcohol in the stadium because mm. people aren't getting, you know, as hammered before kickoff. I don't know if I necessarily buy that, but you know, <laughs> right. that's, that's, what this, that's what this study says. Yeah. But look, Grant, right. bottom line is, like anything else, it's the money. It's an added revenue stream for these universities that they need and selling a, you know, six, seven, $10 beer, whatever to, you know, 80,000 people. Um, you just, you know, do the, do the cocktail napkin math on that. And it's a lot of untapped revenue that they haven't had in the past. And you're right. You're right. Washington's added it, Virginia tech. Uh, it would probably be quicker to name the stadiums now that don't have it to name the ones that have actually added it in the past few years. If I could change one thing about college football, it would be the instant replay system. I hate it. What would you change about college football if you had the power? Two things. First, I'd make me the commissioner because they need somebody to look over the entire sport for the good of college football. I understand why they don't have one because the SEC is going to do what's best for them. It's not going to do what's necessarily best for the Big Ten. And that goes for every conference. I'm not picking on the SEC. 
Plus, I love your Action Network, but I'm sure I would get a big pay raise. Secondly, <laughs> you've got to figure out the targeting. I mean, there's intentional targeting, and then there's by the rule of the book targeting that's not intentional, and it's just, you know, he of the moment that the guy ducks his head because the running back ducks his head, and then it's like, well, wait, it's helmet with the helmet. He's gone. When everyone watching on TV can see common sense, that's not intentional. Figure out a way to change that rule because it's not fair to some kid to get tossed for an entire half because the guy he was tackling ducked his head and now suddenly it's a helmet-to-helmet hit um, when the guy making a tackle obviously had no intent of a head-to-head tackle when he went in to, you know, tackle the tackle the, the ball carrier, receiver, whoever it was. The state of college football in 2021, how do you rate it? Uh, I, you know, stop me if you've heard this, but you know, the, the teams to beat are Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and, and, um, Alabama. That hasn't changed. Um, I, again, I think with the fans being back, it's going to make for one of the more entertaining and, and, um, uh, enthusiastic <laughs> seasons we've seen. And then you add in the, um, the, you know, the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12, you can imagine how hostile those opposing stadiums that they go into are going to be. Oklahoma final regular season game this year in Stillwater, Bedlam, November 27th. Mm. You know, that's going to be crazy. Um, so I think, the, I think the game, I love college football. I love it more than the NFL, even though the same guys that are watching college are in the NFL. But what I love about college is everything is so different. I hope we don't lose that, um, but I think it's, I think it's going to be a a great great year, and I just think people are so eager after what happened last year, um, you know, for getting back to how it was. Hopefully, you know, with what all is going on with the with Delta and COVID and all that, hopefully that doesn't um, keep fans away or we don't have some issues with that. One other thing, real real quick, Grant, that a lot of I don't know if every conference has made this official yet, but majority of them have. I, I expect it to be 100% of all conferences. Unlike last year, if you've got a team that has COVID issues and doesn't have enough players to play, the game will not be rescheduled. It's a forfeit. So how would that impact a team that's in the contention for the college football playoff if they have a forfeit loss, which is a game they didn't lose on the field? That's something to maybe keep your eye on down the road if maybe some team can't play because of COVID issues. That's a great point. You had a very interesting tidbit on your Twitter account, and it was from unranked to top 10. You said there has been at least one team every season in the past 29 years, with the exception of 2011 and 2020, that started unranked but finished the year in the final AP top 10. I didn't know that. That blew me away. So with that being said, you have your eye on a team that nobody's talking about right now that you kind of like, or is it just way too early to even talk about that? No, it's there's. I think there's a there's a couple teams that that kind of fit the profile, and that's a that's but one is basically an SEC team. So who wasn't ranked? Well, Auburn wasn't ranked. Old Old Miss wasn't ranked. Um, I think they've got a legitimate shot. Um, I know everyone loves Cincinnati this year. I think they deserve that preseason love. But don't sleep on UCF and uh, Gus Malzahn. If they run the table, they're undefeated. They certainly will be in the top ten. They're not ranked. Um, I think those are those are three pretty good candidates there. 
Um, you know, it's I'm trying to think. Big yeah, Big Ten probably not anybody. Big Twelve, it's so top heavy. ACC, there's no you fall off a cliff after Clemson, North Carolina, Miami. So I don't see anyone there. So I think it's like that, or maybe a, you know, if a Boise State runs the table, they're not ranked. They've got Oklahoma State coming to the blue turf. That would be a huge win if Boise runs the table. If they get that group of five. A New Year's Six game, certainly they could go from unranked to a top 10 team also. And then the Heisman watch, which, you know, a lot of fans get caught up in. Uh, give me give me two or three names that we should really follow each and every week. Well, so here's the deal. If, if you're going to if you're going to bet on who's going to win the Heisman. Like close your eyes, look at the list of candidates and go down about 15 people and then just point at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Because you, you don't want Spencer Rattler and it's <laughs> not that he can't win it, but his, his odds are so short. You look at the past couple of years, Devonte Smith, where was he preseason Heisman rankings last year? He wasn't, he was 500 to one. If he was even listed Joe Burrow before that, what was he? 500 to one, a hundred to one, something. I think right now, just the mindset, I don't want to say the mindset, but it seems like what everyone does, especially on Twitter and everything else, Spencer Rattler's first game, he can throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. But you know what? No one's going to talk about that. They're going to say, can you believe he threw that interception? Can you believe he got sacked? He didn't throw it away. They're going to nitpick things because he's the Heisman favorite. That's why, look, he'll probably be in New York, Lincoln Riley's track record with Heisman candidates. Heisman finalist and quarterbacks is, is incredible. Uh, so will he be in New York? Absolutely. I mean, the Sooners should, should run the table, should be 12 and 0 for the big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. You need teams that have success because it's, that's as much a part of it as being an individual award. Um, if I was going to take a flyer of somebody down a little bit further down, maybe look at JT Daniels of Georgia. If you think that, you know, they can win the SEC. Certainly if they win the SEC, he's going to be in, in contention. Um, Bryce Young hasn't started a game at Alabama. But if Alabama goes undefeated, they're going to have somebody in New York. And then obviously Sam Howell of North Carolina, I think he's the third favorite, so that's really not going out on much of a limb. But if Carolina can win the ACC, I think certainly think he's got a good shot too. But, you know, I could name you 10 guys right now, and you talk to me in December, and you'd be like, dude, <laughs> you don't even get it. You're, you know, right. if somebody's going to come out of no Brock Purdy of Iowa State or some, you know, just some somebody, you know, Texas A and M will throw somebody out. I mean, it's it's um it's it's really hard. I'm just people that if if you're going to wager on the Heisman, don't put a lot of money on it and don't take a favorite. That's the advice I would give. Before I let you go, Brett McMurphy is nice <clears throat> enough to talk to us here on the podcast, and I invite you to follow him on Twitter if you haven't already done so, at Brett underscore McMurphy. You moved to the uh, Action Network uh, just, what, five or six months ago. That is quite an operation. H- how's that going for you, Brett? Actually, it's five or six days ago. Oh, five <laughs> or six <laughs> days ago. I thought it was five <laughs> or six months ago. My bad. No, no, that's cool. Um, no, it's going great. Um, you know, it's a, you know, it's a unique site. We, we content provider for the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, all those sort of things, uh, official content provider. Obviously, we do a great amount of analytics and breakdowns, and we are not a sports book or anything like that, but certainly if you are into sports betting, 
We do give you a lot of analytics and analysis on, you know, what we think are, are good, good things to wager on. Um, as far as me specifically, I'm just going to keep doing what I've done, you know, the past, um, you know, dozen years or so. And that's report on college football, the same I did at CBS, ESPN, et cetera. And, you know, hopefully break news, um, report info, tidbits, um, you know, stuff along those lines. I may make a few picks along the line. Just take the opposite side. You'll do fine. Um, but I'm, I'm really pumped up. I think, you know, I'm excited to be like the first insider to go to a, a non-traditional media outlet, but I certainly don't think I'm going to be the last. I think you'll see a lot more people do this. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled and psyched because, you know, as I told, told uh, Chad Millman at, at uh, Action Network, I'm like, dude, you guys are a rocket ship, man. You're, you're shooting off. <laughs> right. And I, I'm, 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 you know, ecstatic to be a part of it. Well, I'll tell you, I, I just love having you on. I've uh, been a big fan of yours. And, you know, all the times you helped me out when I filled in for Romy, I, I really – can't thank you enough and i uh, have fun you know traveling hopefully as you said uh, the the things don't get out of control again where they start curtailing fans that can go to games and everything because i'm with you i, I think this fall is going to be so unbelievable because of last year and no fans for the most part in stadiums i think it's going to be an epic fall and i really appreciate you joining me here hey you got it grant i appreciate it Always good when we can mix in a little college football talk. And my thanks again to Brett McMurphy. It's now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, sign up, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Colin wants to know, how do you get rid of tanking in sports? It's near impossible. You know, the NBA and their lottery, they've tried to change things. I I don't know if it's worked or not. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of it. I really don't. Sheldon wants to know, do you think the uh, MLB finally did something right when they had the Field of Dreams game? Yeah, I do, but it's one night. It's one game. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I think they had the highest rated game on Fox in ages. It was the highest rated baseball game in the regular season. I think I read since 2005. So it's all good. Plus, it was a great game and a phenomenal finish. So, yeah, it was good. But, again, it's one night. Maybe they can do a couple games there. I mean, baseball needs a big shot in the arm. So maybe that is possible. All right, Jerry wants to know, have you seen the NFL will have six sportsbook advertisements per game? I haven't. You know, I was just talking with Brett from Action Network that this is where our society is going, betting and alcohol. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality of it. Look, we talked about the college football stadiums and serving alcohol now. Get used to it. Times are changing. No question about it. Stephen wants to know, who's your favorite football player of all time? That is a really excellent question man you got to remember I started watching the NFL in 1962 with the New York Giants I would say maybe not in any particular order Phil Simms Lawrence Taylor and maybe John Mendenhall of the Giants Spider Larkhart Homer Jones I used to love those guys Boy, that's a hell of a question. But those are some of them. I, Phil Simms is probably number one in my book. I just loved him. I think he was just phenomenal. I, I really do. He's just tough, tough, tough as nails. All right, Neil wants to know, who do you think is most likely to win the World Series at this point? I don't think you can 
pick a team. I mean, I know the Giants have the best record in Major League Baseball, but we're not even in the September yet. There's just too many variables, too many things that can happen. I'm not trying to duck your question, but but I really can't give you a team. Martin says, did you see any of Justin Fields' preseason debut? I did not. I saw the highlights. I read the numbers, 14 of 20 for 142, a touchdown, five carries, 33 yards, ran for one. And you know what, Martin? It means nothing to me. You're going, up, you're going against twos and threes. Yeah, I'd rather have a quarterback play well than not play well, but I don't think you can evaluate a quarterback in the preseason. I really don't. Alex asks, what's your opinion of the Little League World Series being televised? Everything's televised, isn't it? I mean, look at the Olympics for crying out loud. There were a couple of sports that I watched in the Olympics I had never seen before. I didn't even know they existed. So everything's on TV. That's just the way it is. I know a lot of people are against the, you know, 12-year-olders being on TV, but that's just the way it is. And I think they do uh, very well with ratings. Vince asks, how many star NFL players like Lamar Jackson would you guess aren't vaccinated? I would say very few, but I do not know. Derek wants to know what's your take on the current state of the Deshaun Watson investigation. I can't say. I don't know. I'm not privy to what's going on uh, behind the scenes, but I think he's in a lot of trouble when you have 24 uh, women that have come forward. I mean, are they all conspiring against him? Are they all lying? We'll find out. I would say just using common sense, no. Dylan, are you surprised that Kawhi re-signed for four years? No, I'm really not surprised. He wanted to go to L.A. He's in L.A., so I think he loves living there. I'm not surprised. Russell asked, do people overreact to preseason summer league performances? And the answer to that, Russell, is yes. Go back and watch my rant on YouTube yesterday or listen to my rant on these platforms You'll hear what I had to say. Pat says, are you a fan of sports cars? You mean driving or watching? Uh, In terms of watching auto racing, not really. I do try to watch the Indy 500 every year, though. I do enjoy that. Jason asks, isn't it crazy? A Honus Wagner card just sold for for $6.6 million. Jason, I saw that. I could not believe it. It's amazing what people do with their money. It's just incredible. You're going to pay $6.6 million for a baseball card. How about that, huh? Jake asked, do you think Tim Tebow will make the team? I do not. I do not. Christian says, why do some coaches start their number one quarterbacks in the first quarter of preseason? Because they want to be behind the number one offensive line. That's why. Dakota asked, were you impressed by Trey Lance's first game? No, I wasn't, but I wasn't unimpressed either. Again, I don't really judge quarterbacks too much in the preseason. I've been very consistent on this. I don't think he's going to play that much this year. I just think Garoppolo is far better than he is right now. But he'll get his day. It will have. It will come. And it's. Uh, he, I think he's going to be really good. Alex asks, have you seen they just found a restraining order against Trevor Bauer from 2017 for similar allegations? I've been following this. You know, they're in court this week. We'll find out what's going to happen. You know, Trevor Bauer came out against the advice of his attorney and put out a statement over the weekend. And I read the statement. And, you know, we can say whatever we want. If you have, listen, is it deviant sexual behavior? Yes. Uh, That's not debatable. If it's consensual between both parties, then it's consensual. I'm not in a position to determine whether it was or not as crazy as what I read, and I'm sure what you have read, and the things that they were doing. I mean, good Lord. But again, I always say to each their own, 
unless there's criminal activity involved, and I'm not in a position to comment on that. I don't know. Casey said, would you rather watch Summer League or NFL preseason? Gosh, that's impossible to answer, but I'll say, I'll say, you didn't tell me I had to watch the whole game. So I will say the first quarter of an NFL preseason game. That's what I'll watch. It's time for Brent. And today's rant is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. I've been receiving some messages via my email and social media criticizing the Kings for not making any trades. How about freaking relax? It's the middle of August, okay? That's the middle of August. The season does not start for two more months, all right? Relax. Now, I don't know if you heard the rumors coming out of L.A. LeBron James nixed a Buddy Heald deal. Buddy is obviously on the trade block. We know that. Marvin Bagley is on the trade block. Again, it goes back to this. Who wants those guys, and what are you going to get in return for them? I've made it pretty darn clear that the Kings need to change the makeup of their team. I think you know that. I don't need to tell you that. I mean, if you keep on putting out pretty much the same core year after year after year, and you keep missing the playoffs, guess what? You're probably going to miss the playoffs again. So, you know, give it, I don't want to say give it time because you're tired of me and everyone else saying be patient. I'm not telling you to be patient. What I'm saying is... Wait until you see what the roster looks like on opening night before you start, like, you know, ripping the hell out of the franchise because they haven't made any trades yet. If they make trades, okay, wait for it to happen, all right? In other words, training camp hasn't even started yet. It's not even close to beginning. But I do believe, all right, things are not going to go very well this year if you bring back the same core. Yeah, I know you had a draft pick, and I know Halliburton's a year older, but that's not going to cut it. That's not enough to get the playoffs in the Western Conference, in my opinion. You got to be bold here, all right? You got to roll the dice. You have to gamble because this team can't afford not to gamble. I mean, what do you have to lose? Nothing. What, are you going to miss the playoffs again? Oh, gee, when the hell's the last time that happened? You get my point, right? Roll the freaking dice, making something happen. But again, it's the middle of August. At least wait a little while, right? At least wait until training camp begins, to see what the roster looks like. And if you don't want to wait until training camp begins and you have a little more patience than the ordinary fan, then wait until opening night. And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. My thanks again to Brett McMurphy of Action Network. Really appreciate you checking us out. And again, don't forget my video rants as well over on YouTube. As always, thank you so much for listening to if you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.